You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode, and joining me today is my good friend, Jim Harmer. Jim, it has been a while. How are you doing? It has been a minute. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, feels good to be talking photography again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, it's it's probably been a little bit since you've talked photography. And uh, for listeners who may not remember Jim, uh, he was the show <laughs> a little while ago, about a year ago, a little over a year ago now. And uh, and so I'm so glad to to have you on and talk about photography again. It's just it feels like old times. It's nostalgic for me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good talking with you. I've I've been listening. I listened to uh, a little bit this morning again to catch up on the last episode. And uh, but some sometimes you guys are talking, and I'm like, man, I wish I could tr- pipe in here. <laughs> <laughs> All the stuff that we're saying, you disagree with, yeah. <laughs> Which is good. I, I like having those voices because you know not everything. There's more than one point of view, or more more than one way to do things too. So it, it's good to get lots of opinions and and uh, talk, talk about it. That's like one of the purposes of the show. It's, it's really good. Um, yeah. All right. So in this episode, we want to kind of talk about the end of the year is coming up. We have the end of 2019 is not very far off. And one of the things that I've been a massive proponent up for a long time now is, uh, is something I call the top 10 process for the year. And I don't want to go into a lot of detail on this uh, because I have a a whole episode and and a lot of show notes for that episode over at Photo Taco Podcast that you can go and find. So phototacopodcast.com. You can just search for top 10 and you'll find it, but I'll have a link in the show notes too. um, Why photographers should choose their top 10 photos annually. And I go through there uh, a lot of details too about how it is you can handle like the technical piece of this because it's one of the big challenges is just even like how do I go through all my photos that I took through the year and if I want to find my 10 best photos that I created through the year, how do we even do that? And so I, I give you some tips on on how you can do it. And if it might be a mess this year, you might not be able to uh, to really have that work out well for you this year. I have some tips on what you could do next year to make this way easier. Uh, something that I've followed for several years now, and, and it really works well for me. It does use collections in Lightroom. So if you're not familiar with that, go check out the, the podcast episode where I talk about that. Um, but it won't help you with the part of it that's really the hardest. And that's that's picking uh, your 10 best because it, it gets tough. You may not, if you've never done this before, you may not think that that's much of a challenge to go and pick your 10 best. But usually you can get it down to, it's it's easy to get it down to like 50, 40, 30, I don't know, somewhere in there. It's pretty easy. You can, like, you can find your favorites that you took through the year and the favorite images you created. But to narrow it down to 10, that means that 11th photo was probably a really good one. And mm-hmm. it's tough to say, okay, that one's not good enough to make it. It's really hard to make that choice on the 11th through the 15th or 20th photos and say, okay, that, that baby's ugly, <laughs> and, and I'm going to, it's not going to make the cut. It's not going to make the top 10. And, and then people are like, well, maybe I can just make it my top 11 or my top 15 or whatever. Really encourage you to like 
stick to 10. And, and then it helps you to critique your, your work so much better all by yourself. It is a really cool process. If you have not done it, highly encourage you go listen to that episode so you can get some tips on what to do. And then going through it, I think is, is one of the more valuable things that you can do. The only thing that's going to cost you is your own time. And it's super, super valuable to be able to go through it. Jimmy, have you ever gone through anything like that? Have you done a top 10? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and in fact, I kind of always have a running one. Um, so okay. just the way that I do my star ratings on Lightroom, um, if it's a five-star photo, it's one that's just, this is one of the best pictures I have ever taken in my life, right? Uh-huh. And so in a given year, you know, maybe only one or two photos ever make it in there, right? Um, like, because the whole goal of that, of like really being careful with the five stars is so that anytime somebody says, hey, can I see your portfolio? It's like, all right, let me just sort Lightroom by five star and it's done, right? Right, okay. But I mean, if you've been shooting for a number of years, you're getting one or two a year. So then, you got to add the four stars uh, and you're looking between the four and fives for your best of the year. And for me, at least with my system, that's where it gets a lot harder because in a given year, I may have a hundred photos that are not, that are fours. Uh, And I consider a four star, just like a photo. That's like, I I consider this publishable. If this went out somewhere, it's fine, but maybe not my very favorite ever. Um, And so this, that category for me gets just a lot more broad, but anyway, because I, I kind of do my star ratings that way, it kind of, you know, pretty much I, I have a fair uh, run at this uh, or, or I have it fairly well organized throughout the year, but not perfectly. And so when I have done this, the thing that's most interesting to me when I have done this, because you've been talking about this for a long time, yeah. is when I have whittled it down to my very favorites from the year to 10. The part that really fascinates me is not just looking at those, but comparing those to last year and the year before that and the year before that. And if I'm honest, sometimes it was the photos from two years ago that were better than this year, right? Right. Uh, Or three years ago or wherever. Um, And so to me, that's interesting because I, I have seen times where like, man, I was just creatively on a roll that year and then I look this year and it's just a little bit more safe it's not quite as inventive it's just just didn't quite come together or I just haven't been shooting enough right and so to me that's really interesting is comparing the years agreed the comparing part is is really really valuable too which is why I keep doing it every year not only the process itself like going through it through the year considering my best photos which means I'm I'm taking a new eye to things through the that I had through the year. I I, I mark I kind of save off stuff through the year through the collections. I put it in a collection as like a top ten candidate, and then um, you know at the end of the year I look at some and like how did I think this was a top ten candidate? This is an awful photo, or mm-hmm. or um, comparing it to previous years it's really cool to see progress too. So not only could you see like, well, maybe I didn't do as good this year as I did last year or two years ago, but you can also, especially at the beginning, I saw like such improvement in the photos that I had. That was really comforting to me. Like, man, I really grew as a photographer this year. I really made some important things. Like I can tell the year I added flash. <laughs> I can see where flash became part of my portraits. Uh, because yeah, that's the, a big change. the quality went up so much when I added flash. And so it, it's just a really nice way to be able to get kind of 
a little bit more objective because even though it's yourself, it's just you doing this, you're forced into it with having to choose your top 10 to really get to, to be real with yourself and and take a look at things and, and evaluate it. And it's just super valuable. Like it doesn't cost you anything, but again, your time to, to do it. Um, but it can be such an important tool to, to really getting better. I love yeah, it. And as time goes on, you're less forgiving of mistakes in your photos. Sure. Um, I, I can think of a couple specifically up, uh, that I shot where like the focus wasn't laser sharp, you know, but you were so in love with everything else in the photo that you kind of like, yeah, nobody will notice. And then you look at it a couple of years later and it's like, yeah, they notice it looks terrible. Right. And once the emotion of, um, you know, you shooting it and how excited you were about the photo at the time, kind of once that wears off, you're able to look a little bit more objectively and like, yeah, no, I just missed that one. Right. Um, I can think of one specifically one of the times that we went to China, um, there was this, there was this old lady, a really old lady, uh, who was in one of the homes and she just had the most I mean, captivating smile you have ever seen in your life. It was incredible. And she's, you know, just all wrinkled and uh, it's just awesome. And she was just sitting by the light of the campfire. And so we didn't want to add flash to the scene because it was, you know, what was cool is that glow of the campfire that she was sitting next to that was lighting her face. Um, but uh, the my camera just wasn't quite nailing the focus. Um, and there was, and especially I did get some good frames from it, but there was one that just, ah, oh, she just had this perfect expression, but the focus wasn't quite right. And I've always just kind of ignored it because it wasn't horrible, but you know, I, I look at it. In fact, I just saw it in Lightroom the other day and I was like, yep, nope, nope. It's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> no longer in the portfolio pieces, huh? Nope. Had to go. Had to go. Yeah. All right. So th this is a really great exercise. I, I hope that you listeners will go and check out the other episode, uh, check out those show notes. There's lots of good tips there and and do this. And I'm, I would love to see the top 10 images that you come up with. I'd love to have that be something that as a community, we support each other and help us help with that and and share your top 10 images. Uh, we don't want to have our Facebook girl, our Facebook group just flooded with pictures, though. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd love to have you share it, but but I'm going to create a post for this episode in the Facebook group, and I'd just like to have you share a single image that is the collage of your top ten photos. Just put them all together. Um, if you know how to do that in, in Photoshop, would be the best. It doesn't have to be like, you know, perfect edges, uh, like they all fit in with puzzle pieces and <laughs> it looks like a nice a nice square collage or something. I mean, if it works out, great. But don't spend like forever on that part. Just a single image. We don't want to have going through a whole bunch of them. And then uh, just put that as a comment in that post on this uh, when I have it for this episode. And we'd love to sh have you share your work. Share what you came up with as your top 10 photos for 2019. Um, and if you don't get it done before the first of the year, that's fine. You know, share it as you get into January a little bit. Don't don't wait too long, though. And if you don't have time to do it this year, just plan on doing this next year. Make Have that be something you plan on setting a goal for for 2020 that you're going to do this process and that you're going to kind of commit to it and, and do it because it's so valuable. I find it to be tremendously valuable to be able to help me get better and grow as a photographer. You can also do this on Instagram. You could share it. And that's why it would 
would be nice to have a square collage if you can do it so that you can share it a single image there and uh, and just tag us the show it's at master photography podcast you could tag the show there on instagram and we'd love to see what you have what you come up with with your top 10 photos i just don't want to have like tons of posts of these things with tons of photos flying by it, it just doesn't work very well so that's how we'd like to have it shared if you want to do it and participate and you should look for mine not sure when i'll get to it exactly but it will be pretty shortly here sometime before the end of the new year or, or shortly after the new year that i'll be doing it. that's cool it's also a really good time to do it because a lot of photographers use photos for gifts at the end of the year sure. and so if you've just compiled your top 10 or uh, photographers make calendars or put them on christmas cards etc um there are yeah it's good good time to use it in fact i've had a couple requests from friends that wanted to you know print photos in their in their homes and ask for ask for photos so anyway great time of the year to be doing this yeah. Yep. There's lots of benefits all the way around. Good, good thing. Okay. So the next thing after that, after you've gone through this process, uh, it's only natural then to start thinking about some goals for 2020. And that's, a, I think, another part of it, why it's been so compelling for me as a process to go through, because it always leads to my setting goals for what I'm going to do for 2020. How is it that I want to grow? Like you said, Jim, comparing those past years, the past sets of top tens from the past years to, to now and seeing either the growth that I've seen and wanting to continue that growth or the lack of growth <laughs> or regressing and getting into bad habits, not pushing myself to be more creative, whatever it is, however you decide that you want to grow just leads to setting goals. And, and how am mm -hmm. I going to get better in 2020 with photography? And I wanted to talk with you, Jim, because you're not as focused on photography right now as you used to be in here as we are recording in, in late 2019. But you're wildly successful as an entrepreneur. Like it's you're doing amazing stuff in other areas, and I assume setting goals for yourself is a really critical part in that success. Am I am I right in that? Oh, it, I mean, it's everything, right? I and you know, goals are interesting because it's it's something that. Um, well, let's see if I can formulate it into words. Everybody can come up with things that they would like to accomplish. And the question is, how good are you going to be at actually taking the first meaningful step toward that goal once it's there? Like, right. it's easy to say, okay, 2020, that's a lot of time. Uh, at some point this year, I want to have a, my first image published in, you know, a magazine, whatever uh, you want to have it in. But then you're not actually taking any meaningful step to make that happen in 2020. It's, at that point, it's really just a hope, right? Or you say, oh, I would love to go do a photography workshop. I would love to, here's one on my list. I want to go to Myanmar. That's that's always been on my photography bucket list. <laughs> I've never made it happen. <laughs> but it's just a hope um, until you have until you've taken some kind of meaningful step. And what I usually find with myself is as soon as I take one step, it's really easy to take the others. Like if all I did is pull up a calendar and I put some week in November that gives me plenty of time, I just say Jim's Myanmar trip. It's probably going to happen. I'm probably going to make the details between step one and step 10 happen. But until you've taken that first step, it's, you know, it's just a hope. Right. 
Just a hope. Yeah, and okay, so putting that on that calendar, and it's just a hope until that point, um, that, that making that first step and not even knowing the rest of them, is it, it seems like that's an a, a important leap of faith you need to make. Like like if the goal was was getting published in a magazine, lots of listeners may have absolutely no idea how to make that happen. Like what do I do? Right. How do how do I contact people? Who are the right people? What kind of images are they looking for? How do I shoot for those? They may they, it may lead to a whole bunch of questions. But so so how how would you take that like in in the example you gave that's a pretty simple thing put it on your calendar then you know you got to build some travel plans and, and most people will know some steps to get there but if it's a more aggressive goal like getting published how can you figure out what is that first step to even try you know having been published a number of times it it can take a lot of work for those magazine editors to find the right photos for their publication. And so, I mean, it could be as simple as saying, okay, the publication that is most similar to the type of work I produce and I want to get in is this one. And then, I mean, it's really easy. Go look at their contact page and find the their photos editor and just email them and say, okay, my 2020 goal is to get in your magazine. I don't think I'm there yet, but I'm going to be. What are you looking for? Right, um, right. And like, you've done something, right? You're, you've taken some kind of concrete step toward that goal. And then when you reach out to that editor in July and you have good work and it was exactly what he said to do after that email... I mean, you're playing on the guy's heart too, right? <laughs> this is your goal <laughs> and you've worked toward it. There's a real good chance you make it happen. Uh, but otherwise we just sit and we're like, well, I don't know. Just nothing ever happens. <laughs> having said that, having having a list of goals is really valuable in and of itself. So when I was 15 years old, I made a bucket list of 50 things I wanted to do in life. Um, and at the time, there was no plan and I was taking no concrete steps toward them. But just by having that, just by, by just putting that into my head, that that's the kind of thing that I wanted to accomplish has, it's amazing how much it can drive you. I found that list in an old journal uh, about 10 years later and I looked at it and I was amazed at the things that I had worked toward and I had accomplished because somewhere in the back of my head, that was my plan for what I was going to do in life. And since then, it's been really fun chasing down those goals. In fact, I now and I knocked one off this week um, and now I'm down to 16 things left on this list. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, my life is over at that point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I've already accomplished my bucket list. Uh, but anyway, just, just having the goals is valuable. It's not that it, it doesn't have any value by making those goals, but it's probably going to continue getting pushed down the road until you take that first step. Yeah. Okay. So getting that first step. All right. Now, so I wanted to talk about some some potential ideas there may be listeners who are not sure like what goal to even go for maybe they have the magazine that that might be good for some but others may be like yeah i don't really care about that um yeah so so some some potential suggestions on goals here's one that yeah yeah one that i had this week is i was looking back at some photos that i took uh of my boys where i took like a a real portrait of them like thoughtful 
you know, trying to express something about my kids, uh, set up the flashes, had a, did a full on shoot for them, you know, just as if I would, uh, were doing a commercial shoot. Uh, and I just wanted to just show what my kids were like at that age. And last night as I was putting my boys to bed, I saw that photo on the wall that we have printed. It's a picture of them when they were, oh man, like four and six, um, um, and so it was them just in their karate outfits. They were in Taekwondo or something. Um, and we had smoke behind them and right. dramatic lighting and, and face pain and stuff. And, um, and that photo was just so, uh, it just so captured a four and a six year old and just their daily life of playing ninja together and stuff. It just, to me, that photo is really, really meaningful. And when I saw it last night, I thought, man, how cool would it be if I took just every birthday, I took my kids and just did a shoot just to express who they are at that time. Um, and I, I've missed a lot of years with my kids. Um, so I think that would be an awesome goal for the person who doesn't have, you know, so much commercial aspirations with their work, like just do that as a way to, um, yeah, to, to capture your family's life. Uh, or maybe it's a a travel photographer and you want to go to other places, you know, maybe you set a goal to, uh, I want to photograph five places other than my own state this year. And they may be around the world or they may be a weekend road trip that you just go somewhere. Um, there's so much you can do in photography. It could be a specific location you want to get to. Yellowstone in the winter is an awesome one right now. Right. Uh, that's, that's always one of my favorite trips is to go in, you know, January, February to Yellowstone, uh, through the North entrance of Yellowstone and shoot wildlife or or it could be a totally different type of photography that you'd like to learn. If you do feel like after doing your 10 best from this year, you're in a little bit of a rut. Um, to, that's always been the best way for me to break out of ruts is to go learn a completely new style of photography. You know, if you're the portrait photographer, go learn macro. If you're the landscape photographer, go le- learn flash, whatever. And every time I did that, where I just kind of forced myself to learn something new, even if I wasn't super interested in the start, I quickly became interested and found out why everybody liked that style too. Um, and it, helped me tremendously as I went back to whatever my main, my main nature of photography has always been my favorite thing. Uh, but it would always help me a lot after I came back to it. Totally agree. So many goals you can do. Yeah. I, I love it. I, my favorite thing I think about photography is not the is not staying in a genre my favorite thing is learning new stuff <laughs> i think mm-hmm. that's i think that's what gets me going is like trying something i've never done before and um and it, it there's so much to it too like i think i can continue trying stuff i've never done before for the rest of my life <laughs> with photography there's so much i can do there and I, I love it. I, I just can't wait till I can spend even more time on it, and that'll that'll be even better to to get there. But it's it's really super fun and helps me learn and grow so much as a photographer. I've said it a ton on the show, and like you just said, Jim, when you kind of cross over into a different type of photography, different genre, the learning that you bring to the genre you're already comfortable with is incredible. It's amazing how much better you can get at things and how much more uh, adaptive you are to situations. Uh, when, when you're a portrait photographer, lots of listeners are portrait photographers because there's money there. There's money to be made in portrait photography. So it makes a lot of sense that there's a lot of people that are interested in doing that. 
Um, if all you do is the same setup of the same senior portraits year after year, uh, if, if something doesn't go right in your shoot and you're only used to doing it that one way, your ability to respond to whatever went wrong is not as good. You're, you have struggles mm-hmm. there. So crossing over into other areas that are going to challenge you and figure out what to do, that just brings more to, you're going to have a much better ability to be able to respond when things don't go right. And that's, which happens a lot. <laughs> things don't go mm-hmm. right. And, and it's, I love it. I love being able to do that. So as, as you're considering goals for 2020 for your photography, I really want to encourage all the listeners to find something that's going to make them stretch, make them grow, something that you haven't done yet. Now, I, based on like questions I've seen in the Facebook group over the last year, based on the emails I've had, all the, the ways that people contact me, uh, asking things uh, continuously, I get tons and tons of questions. I see a very similar thing among people as they're starting up. A lot of our listeners are, are kind of on the beginning side of their path towards mastering their photography. And they, they ask about flash. So flash would be a good one. If you haven't, I, I mentioned already that really improved my images when I went and added flash into my photography, especially for portraits. Um, that, that's a, a really good one. If you haven't done that to say, you know what, in 2020, I'm going to do that. I'm going to figure out flash because you can, you can totally yeah. do this. I think Flash is a great one to spread out to if it, if you're new. Another one that I see, have seen huge progress with photographers when they will undertake is night photography. Sure. Especially if you're a beginner. If you're a beginning photographer and you go learn even the basics of night photography, your skills are going to shoot up faster than I think anything else you could do. Because at night, the exposure triangle is way longer, right? Right. You see... Um, you see what you have to do with the aperture. You know, you're opening way, 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 way up, but you see, oh, I can shoot at f1.4 and still have the appearance of full depth of field as long as nothing is close to the camera. And you see the ISO and how high you can go before it's messing things up. The shutter speed is, of course, lengthened, right? Right. I just, night photography is a great one for, for learning new skills. Yeah, that, that's perfect. Astro, you can go to do Astro too with night and... Boy, does that that open your eyes to a bunch of things when when you have to figure out how astrophotography works, uh, what how those stars are moving around that makes you focus on the shutter speed. It, it's just so much to learn and help you to learn how to use your camera. Another goal that I thought of a lot of listeners could do with would be figuring out how to use every single menu option on your camera, <laughs> which might, mm-hmm. it might sound boring to you, but. Uh, I see it happen so much where uh, photographers are looking for the easy button to improve their images. And the easy button is I can spend more money on gear. I can go buy a new camera. It's going to be better because all the marketing is telling me it's going to be better. And that's going to improve my images. And there might be some truth to it. There's, There's reasons that there's new cameras for sure. But mm-hmm. but there's so much you probably can already get out of your camera that you just don't know how to do. And investing some time and setting, you know, saying, I'm going to set this goal. In, in 2020, I'm going to make sure every menu option that's in my camera, I'm going to know what it does. I'm going to understand it. It's going to take time to do that. You're going to have to figure out what, what they are. There's going to be reading involved. It's, it's going to take some work for sure. But then I think you'll be amazed at 
at how much your images can improve just because you went and spent the time to really understand your camera in that way. It's, uh, a, I think a goal I'd rather see photographers do that before pushing that easy button and getting to the next camera. Cause our cameras, there's uh, all of them that you can buy today are so capable of producing really good images that it's, it's more likely you you're not understanding how to use the full capabilities of your camera than it is that you need that upgraded camera at this point. We're going to share a few more potential goals photographers could set for 2020. But first, here's Connor talking about the sponsor for this episode. Meet the scheduling assistant that works 24-7 behind the scenes to fill your calendar. From the moment a client books with you, Acuity is there to automatically send confirmations, deliver text reminders, and process payments. Never ask what time works for you again, because with Acuity, clients can view your real-time availability, self-book their own appointments, and reschedule with a click. Then Acuity will automatically update the calendars you already use, like Google, Outlook, iCloud, or Office 365 to keep your entire life in sync. All you need to do is show up at the right time. Acuity even asks clients to fill out a customizable intake form when scheduling and keeps all of their information neat and tidy and in one place just for you. With the ability to manage multiple locations, employees, class bookings, private sessions, add-on sales, and recurring subscriptions, Acuity can adapt to any business. Save yourself the day-to-day drudgery of keeping up with your clients and your busy schedule with Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling scheduling absolutely free no credit card required just go to acuity scheduling.com slash mpp that is a-c-u-i-t-y scheduling.com slash mpp for 45 days free this is a service i use in my own business you guys and i absolutely love it with the new year coming up i absolutely recommend putting in a system like this into your business and into your workflow Thanks, Connor. All right, Jim, let's continue with just a a few more suggestions, potential goals for photographers they could set in 2020. Another one is, you know, (laughs) leave your favorite lens at home uh, for just a couple shoots. Just leave that favorite lens of yours at home and be forced to try something different. I noticed that with the 70 to 200 I love the 7200 for portraits. Uh-huh, I mean, it's just, right. that's just how I see. It's just, ah, for me, like when I go, would do a portrait session, I, I want to shoot about 70% of the shots on the 7200. That's just how I see things. Um, and um, I, for a particular wedding, I left my 7200 at home, not intentionally, accidentally. <laughs> um, and I looked at the wedding photos from that and I thought, man, these are just head and shoulders better above what I normally produce uh, because I was way out of my element and I had to try a lot of different things and it works. So go try it, you know, buy a new lens or get rid of the lens that you're, that you're crutching on sometimes and it can really help. Yep. Okay. Here's another suggestion on a goal that I, that I've got for everybody. Uh, Learn how to do a composite. And wow, does that make you learn not only uh, what you need to do in camera, because that's really critical. You've got to understand how what you can do with lighting and in camera to make it so that your composite can really be believable. But it also makes you learn Photoshop. And it's a, a good way to learn Photoshop because most a lot of photographers end up in Photoshop and like there are menus and buttons everywhere. What do they do? I don't know how to use them and I don't know what to start with. And that's a horrible way to try to try to learn Photoshop. You need to set a have a goal, have have something that you need to accomplish in Photoshop 
then you can start, you know, searching on YouTube to find videos because there's tons of them out there. You can search for other kinds of courses that you could take to learn how to do it. And if you set a goal of I'm going, I want to, I want to create a believable composite before the end of the year. There's so much that that can be and and really help you to improve next year as a photographer by doing that. Something a lot of photographers don't have the skill set for. And and if if you can accomplish that, will make you grow tremendously. Yeah, I, I think what you're talking about is really just finding out what you're leaning on, what, what you're leaning on to produce the images you currently are. Some of us are leaning on the editing side because we're more technically inclined. I do that. I, I, th- I shoot something, it's a little off, and it's like, yeah, I know how to fix that. <laughs> right. um, yeah. um, we just lean more on the technology. And I think that's maybe a little bit more rare. I think the much more common is somebody who isn't as technically inclined and so leans all on the in-camera stuff and maybe even looks down their nose at the person who edits <laughs> and is like, that's photoshopped. It's not even real, right? right. And so uh, whichever side of the aisle you lean toward, I think it's a really helpful exercise to force yourself to the other side for a little bit so that you have the skill. And then you can choose however you feel like, but you have the skill. So if you lean more toward the technical side, one of the things that helped me a lot was uh, selling stock photos because when you get into stock photography, you learn, oh, yeah, you can't do much editing on these things. You barely nudge those sliders in Lightroom and any further and they won't accept the photo. They do not want cooked photos. It's got to look crazy clean. Um, and then so so doing stock photography forced me to really clean up my in-camera game. Um, and then if you're the in-camera uh, game, the guy that doesn't do much, pho- much Photoshop, I think what you talked about was perfect, Jeff, to encourage him to do a composite because that's obviously going to really flex a lot of different muscles in, in Photoshop and Lightroom uh, that you may not have otherwise. Yep. Yep. It's, it's a really good way to do it. And I, I like that suggestion. I, I too, I'm the more on the technical side. And so I, I lean on that. I, I really overlean. <laughs> I was totally reliant on that when I first got started because, uh, all the time you're like, yeah, I don't know how to make this right in camera. So I, I but I know what to do in Photoshop to fix this. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was when I started to learn what I could do in camera that things got way easier, just so much better to be able to do that. So it's it's a good goal. And maybe going back to that, what I suggested about understanding all your camera menus and what's there, That's a, a, or adding flash, either of those are really good ways to really up your in-camera game if you're more of the technical kind of person. Uh, I love those those suggestions. So uh, those are a few. Do you have any others, Jim, before we, we kind of move on again? Just one, uh, which is some people skip the fundamentals of photography for whatever reason um, and have kind of moved on. Almost every time I would do photography workshops, there would be somebody who had a pretty nice portfolio. And then it would become pretty obvious at some point during the workshop that they didn't totally understand the exposure triangle and how it worked. Um, And that's, uh, that's a recipe for a plateau. That's a recipe for, you know, you get five years, you're competent, maybe even publishable on some of your photos, but you're just not quite breaking through. Maybe it's because of one of those fundamentals that you skipped early on. At one time I was speaking at a conference and one of the speakers who was a very, I mean, made some great photos. um, I was talking with her and it became 
pretty obvious she didn't understand the exposure triangle. Um, and, and she readily admitted it. And we sat down and I explained some things. And afterward, I thought, how is that possible? I mean, she's <laughs> taking some incredible photos, like really good stuff, but had kind of skipped over some of the pretty obvious fundamentals. Um, and and it's amazing to me that, that you can do that, but you really can. You can. <laughs> there, there are definitely photographers out there who uh, kind of fudge their way through fundamentals, but have such a good eye uh, for photography that they can still produce something pretty capable. And so if you're that person who, um, you know, by talent or luck or whatever, you just have an eye uh, for it and you know you're not strong on fundamentals, that's a great time to just go back and say, okay, I'm going to sit through a photography basics course and figure this out. I know I skipped over some things and I do need a refresher. Right. You know, so I've, I've taught a cla- uh, class a couple of times now at our Create Photography Retreat. And people, if you aren't familiar with that, go to createphotographyretreat.com. We are going to be going to South Carolina in October of 2020, which could be a goal if you're interested in a an on a hands-on workshop and want to want to improve. That might be something you could set your sights on, and it's a very reasonable cost if you want to go check that out. But the reason I bring it up is because just like you'd said, I I've taught classes there now where it was like fundamentals. It was I, I don't remember the titles. We've changed it every time trying to get people interested in in coming, but it's it that's exactly what I go through is the exposure triangle. And there's myths that people have readily accepted about the the, the triangle that uh, when I went through the class, I'd always start the class by asking who in the class felt like they were already really comfortable with the exposure triangle and that they understood it. And most of the time, there was like 75% of the class would raise their hand and say, oh, yeah, I, I think I'm, I understand it. But, you know, I, we teased enough with the class description to say that you're going to learn more than you thought, even if you think you understand it, you don't. Um, so they, they came just to kind of say, what do you think you have to teach me about the exposure triangle that I don't already know? And so I said, okay, we're going to, I'm going to ask you at the end then, how many of you feel like you actually understood it? And as we went through the class and did it by the end, when I asked that follow-up question, almost all of the class raised their hands and be like, yeah, I, I did. There were things I did not understand about the mm-hmm. exposure triangle that I thought I did. I thought I had a good mastery of this. So a, a really good thing there, if, if you feel like you have a pretty good, one, good understanding of it right now, maybe there's room for improvement and you can go find some sort of training. If you want to join us at the retreat, that'd be wonderful. We'd love to have you there. But whatever it is, whatever source you're going to go to to get some training and try to improve your understanding of how photography works, then that's a really good objective to have and a goal to set for yourself in 2020 as well. Then you can see in your top 10 next year, how well that, what the impact was. You can kind of compare between the the top 10 that you do this year and the one next year to see if those goals that you set actually helped you to grow and meant something, or did you fall short and maybe you need to try again in the, in 2021. It's a good, Mm -hmm. good process there. Now I want to talk to you. It totally is. If I can add just one thing. Like if you're one of those who is like, well, am I missing something? Like ask yourself, like if, if I put a 50 millimeter lens on your camera and you focus 15 feet away, how deep is your depth of field? And I'm not expecting you to, to memorize all those charts and everything, but do you know if it's 15 feet or five or 
five inches. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, when you realize that kind of thing, it's like, Oh, well actually I would use that. Right. <laughs> if I'm shooting a, a wedding or something and there's a couple there, you know, is the fence 10 feet behind them? How blurry is that going to be? You know? And then you realize like, Oh, actually there's a lot I, I have to learn here that maybe you didn't understand or, you know, you're doing night photography. Well, how many stops of light are being cut out between F2.8 and whatever, F7.1? It's like, if you if you know the answer to that, you can actually do the math and you don't have to just trial and error this <laughs> right. uh, between your shutter speed and aperture when you're trying to get the right amount of light in. Uh, but a lot of people know, well, I know F7.1 is smaller than F2.8, but I don't know how many stops that is. And so I would have to trial and error this in, in messing with my shutter speed uh, as well to get them to match up. Right. right? And so there's you can just go way deeper than I think most people do. Right. And it, it matters because... There, especially if you're a landscape photographer, it may mean le- missing the shot if you're too slow in figuring out how to evaluate that triangle. Then yep. y- it may be gone, and uh, you or you may get the shot you think you nailed it, and when you get back, you're like, oh, there wasn't enough dynamic range, and I mm-hmm. don't know how I missed it. I, w- I wish I had that again. Uh, good things to learn from, ways to to get better at it, but knowing that tr- exposure triangles really, really well. Super, super important so that you can respond. Again, I I talked about responding to when things don't go right, uh, being able to figure out what to do there. I want to move on, Jim, to how do you deal with goals that you don't reach? How do you deal with, like, I didn't get there in this year and the discussion that you have with yourself? Like, how, how how do you deal with that? That's really hard. Um, I, one that I know you have made huge progress on this year, as well as I have, um, like as, as an example, is weight. Like, man, I have always want. I have tried to lose weight. Um, I weighed like 220 for so many years, and I was just pudgy. I looked like a miniature Santa Claus, <laughs> and I was so embarrassed about it, and I tried so many things. I ran a full marathon. I weighed myself at the end of it, same weight. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I'm not kidding. I trained for months and I was running constantly. Same thing. Didn't do anything for me. I went to a personal trainer for eight months. The guy was like Hercules. He was punishing me. Sometimes I would like, I haven't had bloody nose since I was a kid. And after my first workouts, I would like, my nose would be bleeding from just like overexertion. <laughs> I had to take one of those robotic shopping carts, you know, the little motorized shopping carts in Walmart. Cause I physically couldn't walk. I was so sore. I mean, I was just beating myself to tar uh, with trying to figure out how to move the needle here. And through no lack of effort, I was just not succeeding. And it's so easy for to to take that as a reflection on you yeah. uh, and just saying, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not very good at photography, I don't have a very good eye, I'm not very technical, whatever, whatever story you start to tell yourself when you aren't succeeding in something. Um, it's, it's so easy for a failure to turn into a story um, about what you aren't or, or what you can't be. And so I, I would, you know, maybe just change the story a little bit. Maybe you need a totally different approach to something Maybe you need to admit to yourself after a while, like I did, I'm just not a wedding photographer. I'm just not. Uh, it's just not <laughs> something I should be doing. And I should just change the game for myself, which in the end was the key for me uh, with exercise and stuff. I just, 
I, I was going after things that just had yeah, just wasn't what for whatever reason working for me and I just needed to try a totally different approach to it before I could finally succeed um, so same thing with photography before you tell your story of oh I guess just photography isn't for me or oh I guess I'm never going to succeed at starting a business in photography whatever your goal is um, don't let it turn into a story before you just change the game a little bit yeah and, and picking something that is uh, outside your comfort zone that's what I had to, like you mentioned that the whole weight loss thing, I've been able to finally be sick. Same, same thing. I just, I tried so long to get to a more healthy weight and it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a massive struggle. I, I, I was either running three miles or biking 10 miles every morning for two and a half years and I didn't hardly lose anything <laughs> at all the whole time. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And so it, it, it finally took just going outside of what I was comfortable with because that was that was really kind of the easy button for me actually was I can I can do this. I can get up in the morning. I can go exercise and, and that's going to make it happen. And when it didn't, it was really frustrating because I was putting in mm-hmm. a lot of work. And yep. uh, But it was when I finally decided, well, this isn't doing it. I've got to look at other solutions and found some other ways to do it. And there's not, I, it doesn't matter how I did it. That may not be right for you. So th- I'm not going to go into that. But uh, the same thing with your photography goals too. If you've been doing some stuff and you've been trying and it hasn't really made a difference for you, you got to find a different thing to try. You got to f- step outside of your comfort zone. Do something you maybe wouldn't have going on a destination workshop. You know, that might be the thing that is going to put you over the top and maybe something you would never have considered. Maybe whether if it's time, if it's money, whatever the reason that it's not happened, maybe that's what it's going to take. If you've been struggling with a goal, you've been struggling to break out of what you're used to. You got to do something. You got to find some way to do it different, and uh, and it, I I love it. I love when I've done that too because of the growth that I've seen. No matter what area of my life it is, where I step out of my comfort zone and do something I'm not used to, boy, the growth is there, and it's so fun. Mm-hmm. I love I love being able to do that and learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the cool thing about photography. There are so many directions yeah. you can take with photography, um, from business to no business to, you know, shooting street photography in Chicago to shooting landscapes in Iceland. There's just so much that you can do that anytime you feel like, especially, if, I mean, okay, not succeeding is one thing, but I would consider that the same, not, con- not succeeding. If you just if you haven't picked up a, photo- a camera in the last month and go out to shoot, you're not succeeding. <laughs> right. Even if you're taking great photos, because that's probably not what you want from photography is something where you listen to podcasts and learn about all the gear and stuff, but never actually get out and shoot. That's probably not what you want. And so if you're that too, I, I think that qualifies just the same. We need to change the game a little bit and find something that does make you not want to sit like a lump on a Saturday, but like, hey, I'm going to go wake up at five and I'm going to shoot the sunrise. You're motivated again. Right. Okay, we're, we're getting close to the end of our time here, Jim. Before we leave the topic and we go on to the doodads, uh, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it. If there's people who are interested in getting a little bit bigger into goal setting and maybe more on the entrepreneurial side of things, you've got a new resource that uh, that you can point people to if they want more information about this, right? Yeah, it's a new book. It's called Work Energy. Um, and I have spent several years writing it. Um, I've put a lot of work into it. 
And uh, goals have just been a big part of just who I am. I just, I just don't feel happy when I'm when I'm not progressing, um, when I feel like I'm just not moving forward. Um, you know, in, in photography and in business, certainly, uh, I've had I've taken some big risks and jumps and and going after bigger and bigger bigger things because I know that that's just what will make me happy is when I'm pushing myself and and trying new things just two weeks ago I was just sitting on the I so I you saw the Tesla Cybertruck right Jeff (laughs) so I was sitting on the couch and on a Saturday and I was looking at side-by-sides those of you who live in cities or other countries maybe where it's not a thing it's like a it's like a really small Jeep, I guess, that like in, I live in Idaho. Uh, and so we take them out into the mountains and go romping around. It's like a really big four-wheeler that can like fit four people. Right. I don't know how else to describe a, them. A anyway, go-kart. <laughs> yeah, really big go-kart. A high-powered go-kart, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was looking at them and I was looking at one. I thought, you know what? If I knew how to weld, I could take all the panels and everything off of this thing and I could weld the Tesla Cybertruck shape and everything and I could make that side-by-side look like a Tesla Cybertruck. And it would be like almost to scale because these side-by-sides are big. They're four six-seaters, you know? And so I told my wife, and I just said it offhand. I was like, you know what? I, I could do that. That would be cool if I knew how to weld. And she said, Jim, you're kind of in a rut right now. You've been, you're kind of between projects. You should just go buy it right now and go after this. And I said, I don't know how to weld and stuff. And so eight hours later, they were delivering (laughs) side by side. I walked into Home Depot and I talked to the guy and I was like, so if I wanted to weld, what would you buy? <laughs> I bought all this stuff for welding. And I we closed down our office here with all our employees. And we're like, hey, this week we're welding the Tesla Cybertruck onto this side-by-side. And we're going to do it for a YouTube video. Uh, so I, I, our company, we it's a content company. We started with improved photography and uh, things we did here. And I've since sold improved photography. But now we have channels on all different things anyway and so you know just doing crazy things and going after goals is a big part of just what we do here um and it's just it makes you feel alive when you're going for things and just trying things out and so that the book work energy it's available on audible and amazon for kindle and paperback hardback the whole thing's it's for sale on December 31st, so New Year's Eve. You can check out Work Energy, um, and we've put a lot of work into it, and it's just a framework for creating goals uh, and going after the big things that we all have crazy ideas, but most of us have learned how to shut those things up uh, so that we can live a very comfortable <laughs> right. kind of set of things that we do. We don't, um, we don't want to rock so the boat sometimes, It's all about breaking right? through that. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm the same. Sometimes, like, I was afraid to build the Tesla Cybertruck, and now we're like... It's it's pretty close to done right now, and it looks sweet. It's going to be so fun. I need to see pictures of this, Jim. I'll send you one. <laughs> the Cybertruck looked so silly to me, but I know you loved it. Oh, uh, To me, I thought it was awesome. It was definitely divisive, but oh man, I love that thing. I walked into, into Harbor Freight to buy tools, and when I talked to the guy, I said, hey, I want to weld this, and I showed him pictures and stuff, and he looked at me and he says, you know, people go to college to learn how to weld. <laughs> just like, you idiot, you can't just decide to do that. But, you know, we did a nasty job with welding, and I'm still not very good at it, but 
I'll be darned if we don't have a pretty good Cybertruck clone in my <laughs> shop right now. Oh, hilarious. All right. Well, so regardless, you know, interested in the book or not, whatever, it doesn't matter. I want you to set goals for 2020. I want you to think about yeah. it. And that top 10 process, really good way to help you get thinking about goals for 2020 and what you're going to do. Um, it's sharing goals that helps you too. If you want to share your goals, it's another thing that you can comment on the post when I post this in the Facebook group for this episode. Love to hear what your goals are for 2020 as well. If you share it, then you're going to be held to it a lot more. If people know you have a certain or want to help you too, both both sides of it, holding you accountable to your goals, but also wanting to help you to reach your goals. And I would love to have you share your goals for 2020. Uh, I think we may try to do an, uh, an upcoming episode where we talk about our goals and our predictions for 2020 as well. So stay tuned for that. I'm always interested in, your, in the predictions, the industry stuff. Uh, as much as I don't want that to override my photography, I love it. I, know. I just love all that <laughs> stuff. I think it's fun. Yeah, it was fun. I've, I've already kind of been reviewing what the predictions were for 2019. There's some fun stuff in, in there about how it worked out. So it's going to be fun. I, I'm hoping I can arrange to, to get more of the, the team on the show for that episode and we'll We'll talk through those. But uh, anyway, look forward to that in future episodes coming up soon. But regardless, set some goals. Go uh, figure out what you want to do in 2020. You have all year to work towards it. But don't just have it be a hope like we talked about. Do something real about it in January. Some step towards that goal. So uh, you'll, you'll be that much further along and way more likely to actually accomplish something in 2020, especially related to your photography, which would be really good. All right, let's And that step can be so basic. Yeah. Like do something that takes two minutes, like firing off an email to a photo editor or putting a list on Craigslist for your first wedding or whatever. Like it's so easy to take that first step. And once you've done it, it's just amazing how the confidence you have to do all the other steps once you've just done step one. Right. Make, make some, take some action. Yep. All right. I mean, that gets you out of your comfort zone right there. You took some action, something new you haven't done. It's, it's really cool. Uh, Jim, let's do doodads. What do you have for us on doodads right. of the week? Yeah. So I have this, I never learned how to pronounce this brand. Is it Neewer? I think it uh, is. They make a lot of inexpensive, uh, especially flash photography gear and just lighting and stuff. Yeah. Um, but they have a dimmable, um, LED panel, a constant light, um, which I've never been crazy on constant lights. I've always preferred flash for most use cases. Um, but I got this one especially to do uh, some video uh -huh. and I use it a lot for still photography too. Uh, just sometimes, especially if I'm setting up some kind of tabletop photo or, um, you know, you're doing uh, baby photography or just so many little needs, even if you're into flash photography when you have a nice constant light i bet you'll find yourself reaching for it and i've owned constant lights for years but i always bought the kind of junky well the older style that didn't even exist years ago but so this is a flat panel with whatever 480 660 however many leds depending on whichever one you want to buy uh, but it has all those leds and so you just you're literally turning a dial for bright and dark what I like about these panels, there's one, of course, you can just, it's WYSIWYG. You can see what the light is doing right. as you're doing it. Uh, so that's really helpful. The other thing, though, is 
the the bigger panels, you know, 660 LEDs, etc., they're physically larger of a square of that light. And so now it's getting to a size that it's not quite to the size of even a small softbox. Well, it's the size of a medium softbox, you know. Um, and so you're not really getting super hard light, even if you're just using that bare light with no modifiers on it. And so anyway, I, I, I haven't really, I didn't consider it a still photography tool when I first buy it, bought it, but now when there's the flashes and there's this, I'm just amazed how frequently I reach for this instead just because it's quicker and easier. Uh-huh. It's good to, like, uh, macro is an area where for stills, constant lighting is, is, is easier to do with macro. Yeah. I just recently started getting into macro. I had uh, some conversations with Don Kamarechka, who's an insane macro photographer. And it, yeah. yeah, it was so fun to have discussions with him. If you're interested at all in that, that might be your goal for 2020 is go stretch out and get into that. It's really cool. It's so much fun. And it's really inexpensive to get into as well. So I, I have a photo taco episode. You can go and, and find out more about that. But yeah, for for that's where I discovered I had a gap was I didn't have much constant light and flash just doesn't go well with that so it, it was uh, something I, I have to to go in and improve get i have to get some better constant i had i went and got like the utility lights that were working in the garage and i brought yeah. those in to to do the lighting and it wasn't like it was far from ideal but it was fun i still i, I still got able to was able to create some fun macro images so yeah really cool good good tip there the one that i'm going to suggest my dude out of the week this time i think i've talked about this one in the past but i kind of like repeating them because it means this is a product that's worked for me over time, and that's good. This is a portable charger from Anchor. It's called the PowerCore. It has it's a pretty high milliamp battery, and it's about forty-five bucks. But totally worth the money. It uh, as I have been traveling, uh, it charges my iPhone and iPad about three times a piece. <laughs> between and it has two ports so you can have them both plugged in at the same time it has lots of, of energy it's really small and uh it's just a super it does a really really good job i've tried quite a few of these kinds of things now and this is definitely the brand and the the model that i prefer the most so if that's something that you're interested in um especially you know if you're going out shooting in the cold temperatures right now that just sucks the life out of your batteries and uh, so for your phone to, to be able to have that and just like put this in your jacket pocket and and then have a little battery connection to your phone while it's, uh, while you're out there, this is yeah. a good way to do that. So Yeah, and a lot of cameras you can charge over USB-C sure. now, so it works for that. And I would totally agree with you on, on Anchor. Um, I've bought so many of the cheap batteries and, you know, iPhone charging cords and stuff, the cheap ones. And, oh, about the third time <laughs> I replaced the charging port on my son's iPhone because we kept having cheap cords and stuff that shorted it out. I just uh, was like, okay, it's either made by Apple or Anchor. Right. It's just like, that's it. All charging cords, all the little adapters for the wall, the ba the batteries, we only use those in our house. And since then, we haven't had problems with frying iPhones. Yeah, it's perfect. I love it. It's held up well over time, so... Yep, this is a, a good one. Um, yep, good good suggestion. All right, uh, we want to remind you about a few things as we close up the show here, masterphotographypodcast.com. You'll find the show notes, some of the links that we talked about here. Uh, Facebook group, you'll, have, you'll find a link to that in there too. You can just search for Master Photography Podcast and find it. Instagram, we already mentioned, Master Photography Podcast. 
Uh, you can find my work at jsharmanphotos.com. You can listen to my other podcast, Photo Taco, over at phototacopodcast.com. And I got a search engine on that site. And if you have a question, especially a technically focused question about photography, I probably have something on it over there in Photo Taco. So go check that out. Go search in the search bar. Made sure it's uh, really accessible via mobile to do that. And you, you can find lots of information there. I frequently am answering questions in our Facebook group for Master of Photography with a link over to Photo Taco. So go, go check that out. You can see all my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter stuff too on the show notes. Jim, where can people find you these days? Well, uh, for following what I'm doing, I'm at the Income School YouTube uh, channel. That's where you'll see the the cyber side <laughs> is what we're calling it. Um, we're doing a video there. Um, but And then the book is called Work Energy. It's available on New Year's Eve on Audible and Amazon. Excellent. Yep, and I'll put a link in it when it's available December 31st, you said, right? Yep, that's right. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks everyone so much for listening. We're so grateful to have you as listeners and we uh, will see you again in another seven days. Thanks, Jeff. 